What's going on, ghosties? We are Tales of Spooky Coffee House. Welcome back to our podcast. If you're new here, thanks for joining us. We are your hosts. I'm Veronica. And I'm Chelsea. Chelsea, how are you? Oh, it's been a long week. It has been a long week. <laughs> it truly has. It really has. <laughs> and it's been cold. So cold. Burn. So cold. <laughs> well, to us out here in, in SoCal... Anything below 70 is considered cold, but I'm sure for you. <laughs> yeah, first we had a snowstorm, then we had an ice rainstorm. It, ugh, it's been a That's mess. That's fun. That's yeah. fun. Chels, I have some questions for you before we start on our segments today. I hope you're okay with that. So my first question for you before we start our podcast officially, what kind of ghost do you think you would be? And you could take that question any way you want. Um, I'd probably be an asshole. Like, I would just scare people all the time and just laugh about it. So, like, okay, so say you were, like, gonna haunt me. What would, what kind of things would you do? Knowing that I don't really scare that easily. (laughs) I'd move your stuff around. (laughs) I, okay, so you'd piss me off. You wouldn't scare me. You'd piss me off. Yeah, you would be an asshole. I would be an asshole. (laughs) Oh, you know what? <laughs> if 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 you were to go before me and you start doing that shit to me, you best believe I'm cleansing this house specifically from your spirit. <laughs> you are not invited. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of ghost do you think you would be? Oh shoot, that's such a good question. Um <laughs> it was your question. <laughs> I know. I know. Um I'd I'd like to scare people. I I think, like, if anyone ever uh, investigated an area where I'm haunting, I would definitely, like, fuck with them. Like, I'd be funny, but I'd, like, scare them. (laughs) But I'd let them know it's me and that I'm just being a goofy asshole, you know? A goofy asshole. So, like you, but goofy. (laughs) And my second question, which is a little foreshadowing as what is to come. Without giving too much away, what's your favorite short story that we are currently working on? Oh, for sure, The Three Stooges. Oh my god. So, Dude, that was so ghosties, too much fun. All I'm gonna say is we're doing like a Three Stooges mixed with <laughs> serial killers. So it's gonna be like a comedy horror story and it, the way that we started, you- yeah, it's hilarious. If you speak true crime, let's just say it's obviously going to give, like, the Three Stooges comedy mixed with, like, BTK vibes. Yeah, yeah, Like, just stupidity. (laughs) And also, also the characters are inspired by three people that we know. (laughs) And Ghosties, if you don't know who BTK is, please Google him or stay tuned for later on this season. Because we're going to definitely love and hate telling you about this guy he was so stupid Mm -hmm. but funny but stupid Mm -hmm. funny i don't it's not even funny he was just like stupid funny yeah it's the fact that like it's it's how he got caught and and everything that just makes it like the situation's not funny but like definitely not funny but i don't know it's just well you'll see ghosties you'll see true crime in general is just like really hard 
to say like, oh, something is funny because it's not, we don't mean it in the sense like, haha, funny, but like, that's a complicated topic. It is, it's topic. a very complicated topic that we, <laughs> we find ourselves having to explain ourselves a lot. Like, I remember in past episodes, we'll say certain things like, oh my god, that's like, oh, I always look forward to like new serial killers. Listen, I don't look forward to people dying or being killed, okay? That's not what I mean, right? Right. But it's stuff like that. Right. It's very complex. Sorry. But anyways, just wanted to ask you a couple yeah. questions because I, I don't know. Just just wanted to pick your brain a bit. But do you want to get us started with segment number Guan? Guan. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> the true crime topic of the week is the 1912 Velisca axe murders. Ooh, Velisca. Yes. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but like every pronunciation thing that I found on there, that's like... That's how they say it. Anyways. I just remember watching Sam and Kobe do an episode on them where they visited the location and I just remember them being overdramatic with that word. Right, right. So the town of Villisca is in Iowa and in between the evening of June 9th, 1912 and the morning of June 10th, 1912, a family of six and two guests were murdered in the family home. All eight victims, including six children, had severe head wounds from an axe. The Moore family, which, which is the family that were, was murdered, consisted of the parents, Josiah, who was 43, Sarah, who was 39, Herman, who was 11, Mary, who was 10, Arthur, who was 7, and Paul, who was 5. Now, I did say that they had two guests over. They were two more children. I, I believe her name is Aina May, and she was 8, and Lena, who was 12, were spending the night when, unfortunately, they were also killed. So the last time that anybody saw the family alive was when the two girls who were staying and the Moore family attended church where they participated in the Children's Day program, which Sarah had coordinated. They were they were a very uh, church-going family. The program ended at about 9.30 p.m. and the family walked home, arriving between like 9.45 and 10. So between then and 7 a.m. the next day on June 10th, Mary Peckman who was the Moore's neighbor, became concerned when she noticed that the family had not been out to do their chores. And so she knocked, and when nobody answered, she tried to open it and discovered that it was locked. So she let their chickens out, started their chores for them, and called Ross Moore, who was Josiah's brother. When he received no response when he knocked on the door and shouted, he unlocked it because he had, it's his brother, he had a house key. And when he walked in, he went to the guest bedroom which was the closest room to the front door. And that's where he found Aina and Lena in the beds that they slept in. He immediately went and told Mary to call Henry Hank Horton, who was a like peace officer, not really the police because they didn't really have a police system back then. And when he arrived, he did a search of the house and found the remaining family members. The murder weapon, which was an ax that belonged to the family, was found in the guest room where oh i forgot i forgot to mention that the two girls staying the night were sisters oh okay. i don't know how i didn't like i skipped over that <laughs> detail so he found the sisters with the murder weapon like in the same room so the like i said earlier the guests and family members had severe trauma done by the axe investigators at the time believed that all of the victims except for lena had been asleep when they were murdered. They believed that she was awake and tried to fight back because she was lying 
crosswise on the bed with like defensive wounds on her arm. Initially, it was also believed that she had been sexually assaulted because she was found with her nightgown pushed up and she had no undergarments. But this was later proved false, which was like a relief as a parent to at least know. Why would someone lie about that? No, no, no. It wasn't even that they lied. It was just like, you know, if you walk into a room and you see something like that, that's your initial thought that, oh, they, they must have sexually assaulted. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. yeah. It was later proved that, like, after investigating and testing that she was not. So, so there were many suspects for this murder. I tried not to go into, like, too many details about, like, the goriness of it because it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But some of the suspects include Reverend George Kelly... Oh, Reverend. Yeah, yes. Frank F. Jones, William Mansfield, Loving Mitchell, Paul Mueller, and Henry Lee Moore. Henry Lee Moore is also no relation to the Moore family, by the way. Reverend Kelly was tried twice for the murder. The first trial ended up being a hung jury, while the second ended in a um, acquittal. So the other suspects in the investigation were also exonerated. So to this day no one really knows who killed the family and two little girls. Damn. It's giving Lindsay Borden vibes. Yes. Yes. Because, yeah, exactly. So one of the suspects was Andrew Sawyer, and he's, he's a little weird. He was an unaccounted for stranger at the time of the murders. He was interrogated, but he was never charged with anything. But it was the fact that he was obsessed with the murders that he slept fully clothed as if he was like ready to make a getaway. And he also slept with an axe by his bed. Hmm. So I don't know if that's kind of like Who doesn't sleep with an axe near their bed? Like, (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) Or fully clothed. Like, let me just sleep in my socks and shoes and... So Frank F. Jones is also an interesting suspect because not only was he a resident of Villisca, he was also the Iowa state senator. Interesting. So Josiah, who was the father that was murdered, he had worked for Frank at his store for many years before he left to open up his own store. It's reported that Josiah took business away from Frank, including a very successful John Deere dealership. It was also rumored that Josiah had a sexual affair with Frank's daughter-in-law, though there was no evidence to support that. So it was a, he was a suspect because of the negativity between the two that were just rumored. I mean, he had a motive if they were true, but they can never prove any of it. Right. Kind of sucks that this happened at, in 1912 where, like, mm-hmm. they didn't have the technology to really figure something like this out. Yeah. It's very interesting to me because I feel like cases like this that were in earlier times, there's so much that probably would have been proven and especially with social media and stuff. Like, between social media, technology, and true crime that we have, so many of these cases that were unsolved would probably be solved. Not only that, like, I love how you thought about that. The first thing I thought about was, like, people who were, like, accused of something that they didn't do. Like, accused of a murder they didn't do and actually catch the actual murder. Well, and I mean, that still happens today where people are wrongfully accused. But the fact that there were so many suspects and none of them were charged, like, that probably wouldn't have happened. 
Julia Tufana would not have gotten away with 600 murders. Like, yeah, you know no, what I mean? Really, like, no, that really. bitch would have gotten caught 300 <laughs> bodies ago. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. <laughs> and if you don't know who Julia Tufana is, <laughs> check out the first episode that we ever recorded in season one check out episode one yeah she is mind-blowing also don't check out episode one because it's cringe also 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 read the book the lost apothecary um Mm. great book great book emotional roller coaster oh well ending for me it's so funny that you brought that up because i actually wanted to talk to you about that later sounds good it's a date we'll come back yeah we'll come back so reverend george kelly was an english-born traveling minister in the town on the night of the murders so he was a traveling reverend he wasn't like local which i feel like if if he had been local it would have been like way worse yeah he was reported as like peculiar and he also supposedly suffered a mental breakdown as a child Mm -hmm. as an adult he was accused of peeping on young women Mm -hmm. and asking young women and girls to pose nude for him so very understandable why he would be a suspect on june 8th 1912 a night before the murders he came to town to teach at the children's day service which was the one that the Moore family had attended on June 9th. He left town between 5 a.m. and 5.50 a.m. on June 10th, which was hours before the bodies were discovered and in between the time frame of when they believed the murders occurred. Mm. He had confessed to the murders in court, but the jury didn't believe his confession. Do you need me to repeat that? Do you need me to, like, get that into your head? That he confessed? Yeah. Yeah. So he confessed to the murders and the jury didn't believe him. I'm... My jaw is on the floor somewhere. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So in the weeks that followed, um, he had a fascination with the case, much like Andrew Sawyer. He wrote many letters to the police and investigators and the family of the deceased, which is what caused, like, suspicion. And they had a private investigator who wrote back to Reverend Kelly asking for details that the minister might not know about if he hadn't committed the murder. So he was trying to implicate him. Yeah. He replied with great detail, claiming to have heard sounds and possibly witnessed the murders, if not being the one that committed them. His known mental illness made authorities question whether or not he knew the details because of having committed them or if he was just good at imagining what happened. As a writer, I completely understand how that would be an issue because I can imagine some pretty awful things when talking about pretty much like anything it doesn't even have to be like anything awful it could just be like something normal and i'll create like a scenario in my head so i can really believe that somebody who was struggling with mental illness especially when it wasn't talked about at the time could create you know a fake narrative yeah in 1914 two years after the murders reverend kelly was arrested for sending obscene material through the mail he was essentially sexually harassing a woman who had applied for a job as his secretary he was sent to saint elizabeth's hospital and the national mental hospital in washington dc sent investigators 
who speculated that Kelly could be the murderer of the Moore family. In 1917, he was arrested for the Velisca murders. Police obtained a confession from him. However, after many hours of interrogation, he later recanted his statement. And after two separate trials, he was acquitted for the murders. Using big words, Chelsea, what the fuck does recanted mean? Um, like, took back. <laughs> okay, I was gonna be like, it really wasn't a big word. <laughs> it, it, but sometimes... It, no, I don't... I've never heard of that word, but it was pretty obvious to, like, what it meant. Also, sometimes I forget that I'm an English major, and I know words that, okay, like... Okay, <laughs> alright. Oh my no, no, no. god. I was waiting for her to bring that up this season. I was waiting. I just Episode 2, I see. I just forget sometimes that, like, I know words that... I, I just forget how smart I am sometimes, guys. Like, my brain is a, like, dictionary. Okay, but also, listen, okay, as... A pharmaceutical technician you know things that i definitely don't know like you could say some big words and i'd be like huh hydrochlorothiazide exactly that <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know what the fuck that is or means or i couldn't even begin to dissect which parts of the word come from which countries like linguistics wise Anyways, so William Mansfield was another suspect. There was a theory that Senator Jones hired William, quote-unquote, Blackie Mansfield, that was his nickname, to murder the Moore family. Nine months before the murders, a similar case of axe murder occurred in Colorado Springs. Obviously, that's in the state of Colorado, for those of you that don't know. (laughs) Two axe murder cases followed in Ellsworth, Kansas and Puala, Kansas. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. In in Kansas. The cases were similar enough to raise the possibility of numerous unsolved axe murders possibly being a serial killer. And other murders reported as possibly being linked to these crimes include... The unsolved axe murders along the Southern Pacific Railroad from 1911 to 1912, which I think we briefly talked about in another episode. I don't, I don't remember on the top of my head, but we, we talked about them before. Kind of like the BTK killer. The unsolved axemen murders of New Orleans, as well as several other murders during this time period. So it was very possible that this guy was a serial killer that they just couldn't prove it. So after like many investigations and stuff like. William Mansfield had, he had been a prime suspect in a couple other murders as well, which is why he was a suspect in this one. According to Detective James Newton Wilkerson, all of the murders were committed in precisely the same manner, talking about the murders from like Colorado Springs and stuff again, indicating that the same person had probably committed them. He also stated that he could prove that Mansfield was present in each of the different areas and was close to the crime scene on the night of the murders. And at each of the scenes, there was a wash basin where it's believed that the murderer cleaned up afterwards and that in each case, the murderer Mm -hmm. avoided leaving fingerprints by wearing gloves because at the time, that's when fingerprinted technology started happening. And Wilkerson, Detective Wilkerson, believed that it was strong evidence that the man, that the killer was William Mansfield because his fingerprints were on file at the federal military prison at Levensworth. So they, they could have, if the, if the murderer wasn't wearing gloves, they most, most likely would have been able to prove that it was William Mansfield, according to Detective Wilkerson. So that was one of the reasons why he was a prime suspect. I wish I was alive when fingerprinting was barely becoming a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Mansfield was was arrested and they did open an investigation, but he was released for lack of evidence because he had an alibi for the Valeska murders. He did sue Detective Wilkerson and he won the case and he won $2,225, which doesn't sound like a lot, but again, this is 1912. Despite winning the lawsuit against Detective Wilkerson, he did have a witness who he wanted to testify that he had seen Mansfield walking away from the Velisca murders before boarding a train. If he had been able to get this eyewitness on trial to testify, it would have disproved that he had an alibi and could have convicted him. Um, but again, that didn't happen. And so besides Reverend Kelly... William Mansfield was one of the top two suspects. I wish I had, like, an image of them in my head. Because you know how you just said, like, when we're told a story, you you put the image in your mm-hmm. head, in your mind? Mm-hmm. I'm, like, trying to put it all together, but, like, I, I, I don't have faces, so it's, like... Right. Weird. Yeah. Another suspect was Henry Lee Moore. He was a suspected serial killer. Not related to the Moore family, just in general that he was a suspected serial killer. He was convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother several months before the murders in Villisca. His weapon of choice was an axe. And so because of the similarities, it's believed that he was the killer, but they never went on to prove this theory either. So we're also going to talk about Sam Moyer, who was Josiah's brother-in-law. He was a suspect in these murders because it was reported that he often threatened to kill Josiah. (laughs) But despite being a suspect initially, he did end up having an alibi that cleared him of the crime. I just love the fact that, like... like This is why you, Chelsea, shouldn't be saying certain things on this podcast. I know, because... Where it's gonna stay public... For probably ever, and then like one day something's <laughs> gonna happen, and they're gonna be like, "Well, you said that you would kill a person like this, which is exactly how the murder happened." <laughs> right, right. Um, don't give the ghosties any ideas, okay? So <laughs> the next and the last suspect that we're gonna talk about is Paul Mueller. So this is like a this is more of a recent suspect, like a hundred years later, and we're still talking about this. In mm. 2017, Bill James and his daughter Rachel McCarthy released a book called The Man from the Train. They discussed the Velisca murders as part of a much larger murder plot where they believed that they were committed by a single serial killer. So like we talked about earlier, all those axe murders that happened like around the same time, they kind of talk about this in their book. They believe that the killer was a man named Paul Mueller or Miller. Some people call him Miller, just depends. He was an immigrant from, they believe, Germany. He was part of a unsuccessful year-long manhunt in 1897 for the murder of a family in West Brookfield, Massachusetts, who had employed him as farm help. When they began their research to solve the Velisca murders, talking again about the authors of the book, they found archives of newspaper stories detailing like dozens of families murdered under similar circumstances across the U.S. Again, going back to some of the things that I talked about earlier, they believe that Mueller was guilty of the Velisca murders as part of a killing spree that lasted over a decade, which they believe 
he killed at least 59 people in 14 separate incidents, including the Colorado Springs and Kansas ones. They identify common features in these crimes, many of which were also found at the Villisca scene, and they believe that the killer selected families who lived near railroad tracks, which is why the killer was suspected to have traveled. So some of the common things about all of the murders that they like brought together was the ambush at about midnight while all victims in the house were asleep. They used the blunt side of the axe rather than the blade to strike the victims in the head and face. They used an axe found at the victim's home and left in plain sight after the murders. So like they literally left the murder weapon in plain sight for people to find. The killer covered the victims with blankets to prevent blood splatter, covered windows from inside the house, and locked the doors before they left. And the crimes that they believe Paul Mueller was responsible for, there was often but not always like a sexual motive directed towards um, little girls as well. So like with the Moore family, when they had the girls stay, the sisters stay over, how she was found like partly undressed, they believe that that was the reason, even though he didn't finish what he may have started. On the dust jacket of this book, so all of this is like evidence in this book, and like I said, like this is a, a more recent suspect, but on the dust jacket of the hardcover edition, a professor and, and true crime writer wrote that Bill James and Rachel McCarthy offer the most probable solution for the Villisca murders. So, uh, almost like a um, over a hundred years later and they believe that the most probable was Paul Mueller even though obviously they would not be able to confirm that today but yeah that is the story of the 1912 Velisca axe murders Velisca Vel- <laughs> you Vel- really Velishka. love saying that Velisca <laughs> it's just crazy to me how even a hundred years later we can still talk about true crime and kind of try to figure figure out what happened. Even though we may not be able to prove it, that's information that they probably didn't have because they didn't have information from, like, other areas at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy, like, the differences between these time periods. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to even prove serial killers back then because they just they didn't have the option to share information the way we do now i wonder what it was like getting away with murder back in the day well let's not find out okay so do you want to get us started on the paranormal topic of the week yeah i do ghosties i'm gonna be talking about the ghosts of yorktown memorial hospital Now, I have watched a couple of YouTube videos on this location far before I even thought of doing it as a topic for the podcast. And let's just say that if I'm scared of ghost hunting in any building, it'd probably be the Yorktown Memorial Hospital. It's also known as one of the most haunted hospitals in the world. In the world. And I mean, picture it. Hospitals are already haunted, given. People die there all the time. Like, you know, doctors kill patients on purpose, nurses, shit like that. So for this hospital to be the most haunted hospital in the world? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some crazy shit happened. So, Chelsea, I... (laughs) 
I usually write my notes or type up my notes like on the computer or whatever but I kind of did one of those you know like back in school when the teacher would like show you a video you had to take notes on kind of did mm-hmm. this um with the Sam and Kobe video of them going to the Yorktown Memorial Hospital but another the other video that I wanted to, you know, kind of mention if you guys want to go watch it, it's by uh, the Paranormal Files, where they went to the hospital, and in the video, they don't even catch it, okay? That's the thing. They don't even say or acknowledge it, but there's literally a shadow that runs behind them inside of the chapel. Yes, there's a chapel in this hospital. I know nowadays it's kind of it kind of seems normal. At the time, it wasn't like a thing. Yeah. So this hospital was built in 1950, and it was ran by none other than nuns. Mm. Isn't that interesting? We've had some conversations about nuns before. (laughs) We have. I have gone to a church in Tucson, Arizona, and I went to a church where supposedly there was a nun that haunted the garden, and it was like a floating faceless nun ghost. Mm-hmm. There was no ghost, but the church was very beautiful, nonetheless. I don't know if I could handle seeing a faceless ghost. I mean... Like, the idea is just weird to think about. It's just a faceless nun. I'd rather I'd rather encounter something faceless than make, like, fucking eerie eye contact with something. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that's... I don't know. That's it's weird to think about. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give you some more things that are weird to think about. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, just a quick fact about the hospital, because you know this information is gonna come in handy later. Okay. So for 35 years, the nuns ran the hospital, and they actually resided on the second floor. And after those 35 years of it being a hospital, it then became a drug rehab center and then it just ended up being empty for decades Hmm. so very quickly some paranormal things that were caught and continue to be caught in this hospital are things such as shadow figures people's hands being grabbed people leaving with scratches and some even with bruises so that's fun to think about if you ever want to go take a tour there i actually i i want to go there I want to go. Even though this is like the one place that would scare me if I go ghost hunting, I I would go there. Mm-hmm. Scratch me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Leave the physical evidence so I can believe. <laughs> so other things that reside here in the hospital that are very scary are snakes, spiders, and roaches. Just thought I should uh, throw that out there in case you don't believe in ghosts. Uh, then you have something real to be scared about. Yeah, I think I think that would scare me more. <laughs> so at this hospital, there was a doctor by the name of Dr. Specs who <laughs> what? What kind of name is that? I don't know. Okay, it's weird, I know. So Dr. Specs <laughs> dealt with most of the miscarriages that happened in the hospital. Um which was believed to be malpractice by the doctor. Because more than 50% of babies were uh, died at birth or even before birth due Leave to the man. malpractice. <laughs> exactly. Period. Oh. <laughs> Chelsea for president. 
No thanks. I don't want to run the country. <laughs> so when, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. It's too much. I'm already stressed enough. Yeah. So all this malpractice happened, and I think it's a good question to ask. Like, well, how do we know there was ma- there was malpractice here? Well, besides the numbers, doctors, when the hospital first closed, they tried to take all of the records with them to leave like no evidence behind that anything. Mm-hmm bad happened at the hospital but unfortunately they left behind a year worth of records pretty much and uh, that's where you learn that 50 percent of the babies that were born in that hospital died or didn't even make it to birth right so it's it's pretty crazy and there is another story that i want to tell you guys about about this doctor who had a child by the name of stacy and i guess they couldn't find like a babysitter for stacy so they would bring stacy to the hospital and they had like a children's ward as well like a, a children's section you know so mm-hmm. stacy would just hang out and just she literally just became part of the hospital the thing is there is a doctor by the name of dr nora <laughs> Norwerski? No, no, Norwerski. Norwerski. That sounds about. That's that sounds right. Thank you. I was gonna say it ten more times, but um, <laughs> just to get my brain used to it. No, I get it. it. I get it. So the thing with this doctor is that he was a little too nice to Stacy. Like he would give her a little too much attention, which included mm. buying her toys, buying her books. Which seemed very odd. Stacy would actually die in the hospital for unknown reasons. Was the doctor uh, the one behind but, yeah, the death? They, mm. they definitely covered that up. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure, yeah. I just, I, I wonder what happened to the parent, the parent doctor. Like, how did they shut him up? Or like, you know what I mean? Probably told everybody he was crazy and put him in the mental ward like they like to do. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> Again, I can create some really bad scenarios. We, t- <laughs> we just discussed that. It just makes it more fun, okay? <laughs> so Stacy is still hanging out at that hospital even after death. She is known to, you know, if you leave like a a bouncy ball type of thing around, she's known to like move it. She's known to communicate with people via beer boxes and stuff. Okay, so she's friendly. Yeah, she's friendly. She's friendly. She just wants to hang out. But you can also hear her crying. So she's not only friendly, but she's sad. It That's is heartbreaking. heartbreaking. I, the... Yeah. That's, I would yeah. hate to hear that... a child cry in real life. But like a dead child like a ghost of a child still crying even after mm-hmm. death like that's mm-hmm. so heartbreaking so going back to dr noworski Nawer- <laughs> i'm just gonna say dr n sounds good yeah going back to dr n he was the oldest practicing doctor in the state do you want to know how old this guy was still oh. practicing medicine 90 Imagine a 90-year-old doctor. Like, no wonder these babies were dying what, and shit was happening. What, what year, what, like, time frame are we talking about? Uh, 1950s. Okay, okay. 60s, yeah. 50s, 60s, yeah. 70s. Because it was open That's for 35 fucked. years, so. Yeah. But, you That's... know, imagine a you're getting ready for surgery, the... The person just put the anesthesia in your mm-hmm. arm. You're knocking out and you see your surgeon. It's like a 90-year-old man. I I would no. say, you know what? Just don't wake me up anymore. I don't even want to yeah. deal with what 
this fool's gonna mess up in my body. Yeah, yeah. I would be like, yeah, no. So besides, like, surgeries and stuff like that, uh, Dr. N would also perform electrotherapy. Of course he would. Which, it being the hospital with a bad reputation, I would assume they misuse that. How do I say I feel it? like... I feel like 99% of hospitals that used electrotherapy back then were yeah. misusing it. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm... There's no doubt, unfortunately, that there was some cycle out there that enjoyed, like, turning up the knots, you know? Like, mm-hmm. anyways. So, going back to nuns owning this hospital and running this hospital the ghosts of the nuns really do expect you to walk in and show some respect they will not be nice to you if you come into the hospital with high goofy obnoxious energy um, <laughs> so we're out we're out so if, if if chelsea and i were ever to go the nuns have been known to push you and even punch you Ooh. Yeah, I've never heard of a ghost punching people, but the nuns will punch a bitch in the face. Damn. I feel like, okay, maybe I take back my earlier thing. I think that's the type of ghost I would be. Let me just punch you in the face for being that's disrespectful. I wouldn't be, be like, violent. I'd want, I just, I think I'd enjoy seeing them, like, fear me more than anything. No, 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 no. See, I would have your back the whole time. Be like, oh, you're going to disrespect my friend? Here, let me punch you in the face. A person that you can't even see. Oh my gosh, I could, like, rob people. Like, Chelsea, punch him. <laughs> Distract him. <laughs> Some sad news on the nuns. There were a couple of nuns that got impregnated by the priest that would work in the chapel. The priest it's not very would... nunnery of them. Well, okay, here's the thing. He would rape them. Okay, that's different. Okay. Okay, I'm sure You should have sure, clarified you know, listen, that because I was like, that's not very nunnery. That's of why them. it threw me off. I was like, wait, what? I, I'm sure there's some nuns that, you know, needed it. Uh, well, I mean, you said anyways, they were evil, so I just assumed that. Yeah. Well, they if they could sin by torturing people or allowing people to get tortured uh, in their hospital, then. Why? Why wouldn't they be sex fiends? So the priest would rape the nuns even. (laughs) You're like moving on. Some of the employees of the hospital. And it is also known that the priest would take certain patients who were medicated, you know, under strong medications. The priest Mm -hmm. would take them to the basement Mm -hmm. where they would do very, very bad things to them. Yep. No surprise there. That still happens even today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. I mean, we could always get into that, but... uh, uh, I'm just thinking about, like, the lady that got pregnant when she was in a coma by one of the employees. Like, you know Mm. what I mean? It's just... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, so... Fun fact, the nuns also hate people with tattoos. So, again, we're out. (laughs) Let's see. Going back to the priest... I mean... uh If we if we wore long sleeves and pants, I think we would be okay for a little bit longer. I mean, I have tattoos behind my ears. I mean, I do too, but we can wear our hair down. I guess so. I'm trying to give us a chance. I'm trying to give oh, us a chance, right. damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I want to make it past the front door. Um, 
Here's another uh, crazy fact for you about the priest. Mm. <laughs> trigger warning. Oh my god, I should have given you guys a trigger warning a long time ago. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay, so trigger warning. The priest also forced the nuns who got pregnant to self-abort. Oh god. Yeah. That... That one got me. That one got me. Because, like, my brain can't even, like, picture it. That's how crazy it is to me. Mm. That's horrible. I mean, no wonder why they're so pissed off all the time. Yeah. So, after it was, you know, a hospital, like I mentioned before, it was a rehab center, right? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, people who had trouble... Addicts, okay? Addicts who had trouble with drug use, they would go to the rehab to get clean. The rehab center would actually give them experimental drugs to try to counter-react the ones that they were already on. The thing is, because they were experimental and they were pretty much purposely abusing that, Mm -hmm. the patients would go crazy and most of them in a certain specific room, unfortunately this is a podcast so I can't really show you guys, there's a certain room where these victims stayed and they all decided to end their lives. So it was like a like a suicide room? Yeah, it was like a suicide room Ooh. where the energy is just bad and Yeah. I feel like that would be the room that I would try to avoid because that's more like that's harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, going back to that basement in the hospital, some other things that would happen is they would have or things that would be found down there would be dismembered bodies and burned ba- baby bodies. Oh. Mhm. And since then, oh. since they closed, there has been people who have co- captured a picture of a child ghost hiding behind a wheelchair. There's a lot of photos of dark shadows, and there have been known satanic cults that go and do rituals at this hospital. One of the guides that does one of the you know the tours he actually said that Mm -hmm. he found a dead raccoon trigger warning cut open guts splattered everywhere and i guess it was just a bunch of teens doing a ritual i don't know what the fuck teens are doing for fun out there but uh go watch a movie right jesus i don't know about you dude but i need a capri sun break (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, Capri Sun. my my head hurts i need my juicy juice that. yes that's just, oh, but i want to go i want to go and the first thing i want to do is say fuck you and flip off the nuns to let them know who's running the fucking building while i'm there all right so when veronica doesn't come out <laughs> ghosties we know why she was murdered by the crazy nuns they can't do shit to me fucking antagonizer jeez um i'm over here trying to make it past the front door and you're like let me die at the front door well okay so let's take a break from my topic really quick because i actually have a couple <laughs> of questions for your from your topic if you don't mind kind of reflecting on on the episode yeah okay so you had mentioned during your segment that most of the victims were killed in their sleep only uh one of them was awake and fighting for their lives Mm -hmm. would you rather be killed in your sleep or have the chance to like try to fight for your life Mm. that's a hard question because honestly i already get anxiety about going to bed and not waking up Mm -hmm. like 
that's one of the things that keeps me up at night because like I'm like I don't want to not wake but up. But you won't know. But also, yeah, but like also I don't if I for sure was gonna die like even if I did fight back and I still died I think I would rather die in my sleep because I wouldn't want to experience the pain yeah but if but if I did have like an, a legitimate chance to survive then yeah I I guess I would fight back like I would rather wake up you just gave me a flashback to a dream I had and I know I, I mentioned it on the podcast so I don't know if you remember but I had a dream where I was dying and I remember like feeling the process of dying so I agree mm. with like I'd rather just get killed in my sleep so I don't know what is what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I think I could put up a good fight. I could kick someone's ass. No, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like okay. So listen, I used to say all the time because I used to I used to fight a lot and now I'm like I had an epiphany like two three years ago where I was like holy shit I'm getting old because I threw a punch and my my whole body hurt <laughs> and I was like oh. I was like I'm not as badass as I used to be that's funny <laughs> nah I think I can still throw a good punch I have a good arm like even in like throwing a pitch like I have a good arm yeah, see, I think that's part of my problem is I don't have, like, because I haven't had to fight. Like, I don't have a reason to throw a punch or to even throw a ball with You're my arm. You're not in a fight so club or I anything? Think... No. How and even if I was, you? we don't talk about it. Oh. <laughs> okay. That explains all the bruises. <laughs> Dude, I thought I was sick for a while because I had, like, I would get bruises from everything. I still do. That means your blood is thin, girl. No, dude, like, I really thought that I had, like, some kind of deficiency because I would just... Literally, there was a time where you could poke my leg and somebody actually did it and they, like, poked a smiley face because they didn't believe me. And, like, three hours later, I had dark bruises. How do you feel about redheads going distinct in, like, 100 years? Um, Extinct, sorry. You know it's difficult because I like red hair. I don't personally like it on me. But also, I don't like when people, random people are like, okay, this actually happened. I was 12 years old. I went to, one of my mom's friends was watching me. We went to her friend's house to grab something. And her friend legitimately looked me dead in the face and was like, oh my gosh, you're a redhead. You should mate with my son. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, because her son was a redhead and I'm a redhead and redheads are going extinct. So it would make sense that I should mate with her son. I was like, the fuck is wrong with you? First of all, I was 12. Like, but the like the use of the word mate just was weird. I am bothered. Yeah, I was extremely bothered. I think that's honestly the reason why I started dyeing my hair black for so long. Really? I like you as a redhead. I just don't like the comments. And, like, when I was little, like, my mom or my uncle would take me to the store because for a couple years I'd live with my uncle. They would take me to the store and random old ladies would, like, come up and just start touching my hair and, like, oh, you're so cute. Okay, so that's when you punch them in the face. 
Okay, but I was little. Okay, but you're not little anymore. You could defend yourself. I know, but also that's called assault, and I don't want to go to jail, so it's like a win-lose situation. I don't know, punching old lady in the face. I call that a win. <laughs> the courts will not see it that way, okay? <laughs> Stop trying to get me arrested. Uh, I do that enough on my own. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> so, earlier... When we were talking, you, we had talked about Julia Tafana and the Lost Apothecary. Mm-hmm. So recently, I we had talked about how we were so excited for the London Seance Society, which was book two to the Lost Apothecary. And we kept saying how we were going to read it and blah, blah, blah. We never did. So I started to read it. And... I DNF'd it, which for ghosties, those of you that don't know, DNFing a book means did not finish it, basically. Can it you is not, not give me any spoilers, please? The only spoiler I'm going to give you is it is not about the same characters. It's not a book, too. No, it's about It's about completely, something else. Yeah, completely. Did you think it was about the Lost Apothecary? Yeah. Uh, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a continuation. Uh, because, like, how the how the book ends... She talks about how, like, spoiler alert for those of you that are going to read the book, one of the characters that we thought died survived, and I thought it was going to be, like, the main character's research on where she went after she survived. So I was very disappointed and pissed off, and I did not finish the book. I'm sorry about that. Also, I don't know if it was just the audiobook, because I was trying to listen to it in audiobook. I just couldn't get into it in general. No, and I, I don't think, know if I that think was that's just a you problem. Yeah, I think it was I think it was part bias, part I it wasn't what I was expecting, so like all of a sudden I wasn't in the mood for it anymore. Makes sense? Yeah. But yeah, I was not I get you. Yeah, I wasn't into it at all. Also, so this week or like last week or whatever, there was conf- it was confirmed that Wizards of Waverly Place is going to get a oh, yeah. reboot heard about that yeah and i guess they started talking about how it's gonna follow the older brother mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that i've never seen the show oh you haven't i thought no. you did no oh. cerritos who's on that show selena gomez no i've never watched it also you didn't watch disney channel that much either i didn't have disney channel <laughs> Yeah, you I watched have cable. I watched whatever was you on watched PBS it. Kids. Well, you watched Disney Channel when you came to my house every once in a while, but it was like rare for your parents to let you. Anyways, when I had seen the announcement for that, I started getting like more like TV show announcements and everything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that like leads into my next thing. So there's a rumor that has not been confirmed or denied by anybody, not even the main characters, that Supernatural is coming back. What? No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jensen and Jared have not touched the subject. Everybody knows they've seen the rumors, um, but they have not confirmed or denied. Do you want it? Do you want them to come back? I don't know how they would. I want them to have like a podcast or like a, sh- a reality show together because they're so yeah. fun together, uh-huh. especially during yeah. their interviews, like their uh, conventions. But. Or they could do, like, what two of the characters from Wizards of Waverly Place, this goes back to my, what I said originally, um, 
the best friend from the show and the father from the show started a podcast together, kind of like reminiscing on every episode. Mm-hmm. I think Charmed, the cast of Charmed did it too. Like they go over every episode. So did and like, the cast of uh, One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would be fun for them to do that. That would be interesting. Yeah. I would like that. I wouldn't mind that. Because then, yeah, because then we get like all the characters back, but we still... Maybe... It's not a... Sorry, go ahead. It's just not going to be like overdone. I don't want just like um audio though. I need to see them because I feel like they're mm, funny to mm-hmm. watch. Like I don't know, they're yeah. just entertaining. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. But yeah, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Love. Yeah, the fact like that that nobody from the cast is confirming or denying um a reboot for that is just mind blowing to me. Nah, dude, it just ended too. No. Uh. 2020 didn't it i think yeah that was what last year 2020 yeah was not last year feels like it (laughs) (laughs) fucking feels like it man it's definitely 2024 it's definitely been four years but um anyways do you want to talk about the tarot card of the week that we chose yeah so Coasties, if you don't remember from last episode, <laughs> we're doing something different with tarot cards uh, this season. Both Chelsea and I have pulled one card from our deck, and pretty much Chelsea's going to go over the card that she pulled, and then I'll go over the card I pulled, and then we're going to kind of reflect on the meaning together. So Chelsea, what card did you pull? So the card for this week was the Seven of Pentacles, and this represents like effort and results. So we're putting in the hard work that's necessary to achieve our goals. Remember last week we talked about goals and like kind of taking first steps. And so this week I feel like we're going to be rewarded for the hard work that we've been putting in. And we're going to begin to see kind of like success in that. Kind of like in this sense, the seven of pentacles symbolizes like the manifestation of the goals that we kind of focused on last week. Mm-hmm. And so while we took those first steps, we really want to focus on breaking it. So we talked about like breaking it down. So like find what your overall goal is, break it down and make the plan that's going to help you succeed. So for instance, we had talked how my one of my goals this year is not to not to focus on how many pounds I want to lose, but just working out every day consistently. And so for me, like this card represents that I took the time to like sit down and figure out what I want to do. And for th- like the last three weeks, cause it's the middle, it's almost the end of January. I've been working out every day and I just added something to my workout because I've been successful so far. So I added my next step already. So yeah, so we really want to focus on like the effort and results and results that we've put into our goals this week already. Nice, nice. So the card I pulled is the High Priestess, which I don't know, I just feel like it's going to turn out good because it makes sense, this card with the seven of pentacles a mistress of the subconscious the high priestess asks you to listen to your inner voice she combines serenity inner knowing and collective wisdom to guide you toward your intuition trust your gut and let it lead you to the right answers 
don't force control. Instead, let situations unfold as they are meant to be. At this time, pay special attention to your dreams as they may carry subliminal messages um, that can help you in your waking hours. Looking inward rather than outward can provide you with the guidance that you seek. Your imagination is ripe uh, with creativity and flow, free from logic and practicality. Embody the divine feminine that exists inside of you to connect back to the fertile life source in all of us. Trust that your expanding intuition is guiding you to where you need to go. Guys, if you go about your goals the right way and you set your plans in a realistic way for yourself, I think we will definitely accomplish what we want to accomplish and more. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this card is saying. Like, if you kind of get a little plan going, you follow through, I think great things can come from it. Yeah, and and listen, guys, the planets and the stars are shifting. We are having, like, a very big planetary movement that's happening between... By the time this comes out, it should have already been last week. But basically, Pluto... Yes, Pluto is a planet because we are fucking millennials, okay? (laughs) Pluto is shifting, which only happens like every 20 years or so, and it's going into a different zodiac. I don't remember on the top of my head like which one, but for several zodiac signs, which I do believe Veronica and I are both a part of, it's going to start bringing betterness to our lives. For a lot of Leos, Capricorns, I believe Libras and Scorpios, we've all had a very hard time the last couple years. And for these specific Zodiacs, it's going to get like miraculously better, which is why I've had high hopes for this year being like one of my better years because I'm ready for that transition. But um, Chelsea, if my life does not get better this year, I'm coming after you. Okay, well, let me remind you that this planetary shift is for the next 20 years, so just wait for the next 20 years, okay? Like, you can yell at me after. I might not be alive in the next 20 years, dude. Nah, you will be. I'll be 49. (laughs) (laughs) Ghosties, don't do the math, please. (laughs) By the time the next 20 years are over, we'll be in friends for 40. That's four, four decades. You're welcome. Dude, I barely want to be friends with you now. You think I'm going to make it to 40 years? You wanted to start a podcast with me because you love me so much and we hardly ever talked before, like, ever since I moved. So I don't know yes. where or who told you those lies, but that is not facts. So, Ghosties, if you want to fact check, go check the very first episode because I'm pretty sure that it was her right Stop idea. telling them yeah. to listen yeah. to the first episode. <laughs> listen, when you say Don't. stuff like that, I have to prove you wrong. So I have to tell them to listen to the episode that listen, makes Listen, Ghosties, it's a waste of time for you to go back to episode one season one don't do it you'll regret it (laughs) and then if you do do it chelsea and i are gonna regret making it even more (laughs) right it's so funny because it's like our worst episode but it's also the most viewed episode but you know what i also like (laughs) i listened to it not too long ago to do that tiktok on the island of the dolls Uh uh-huh because i needed to go back and hear the some of the facts that i talked about and I just wanted to hear it, too. It's not that cringe anymore. You've listened to it so many times that you're just numb to it. I'm just so numb <laughs> to it, yeah. But you know what? Then again, I do feel like most of, like, 
the episodes are cringe. Like, the things I say are the way I sound and stuff like that. But then eventually it's like, well, no, it doesn't sound that bad. Um, okay. That's easy for you to say because you don't confess to hypothetical crimes all the time. Dude, ghosties. I swear to God, one time she <laughs> described what her uh, preferred weapon would be and why. Listen, you asked the question, okay? You didn't have to answer, dog, okay? <laughs> Anyways. but You asked a question. <laughs> I was, of course I'm going to answer it. Let's walk away from this fight. Okay, um, let's end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this week, ghosties. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did. If so, make sure to give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more extra content. Again, we are your hosts. I'm Veronica. And I'm Chelsea. Have a spooky weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Bye. <laughs>